You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. This is Caroline Kay from carolinekay.co and you're listening to Snippets of Genius. If you're a client, show guest, weekly listener or friend of mine, welcome back. If you're new to the show, it's great to have you here and I hope that this is exactly the inspiration you've been needing to become the person you most want to be. Each episode is a reminder that anything is possible. I speak with the world's most impressive leaders, entrepreneurs, and innovators to share their stories from the big lessons to the unbelievable moments, taking their ideas to build better. That's exactly what this conversation is about. I am delighted to be joined by a fellow founder, someone I met at a great networking event organized by the wonderful Liana Fricker, who was on episode one of this series. Now, Lucy Wolfenden is someone that just blew me away when I met her. Everything is marketing. So when it comes out and says, you know, oh, this great brand got to, you know, unicorn status without any marketing, it's everybody's, everybody's backs go up and we all go, well, actually, that's not true. <laughs> Lucy has over a decade of experience launching brands, growing audiences and making them profitable. She is the mastermind that sat behind Skype for Mobile, Starling Bank and Yolt. If you're ready to supercharge your marketing, then this is the episode for you. So listen up and welcome Lucy to the show. Hello and thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. So if you're happy, we'll jump into a bit of a quick fire round questions time. So tell me, what's one thing people often get wrong about you? Oh, this is, this is a hard one. I think I'm quite softly spoken and I'll always... I'm never going to be the loudest person in the room. And I think that is, you know, I think that sort of competes with that classic stereotype of what a leader or somebody really knowledgeable should be. And I definitely, when I first started, you know, senior women did need to take on men's characteristics in a different way. And I thought I needed it too, but I tried and I'm just not an extrovert. So I'm never going to be that loudest voice. I'm never going to be the person that stands up and, in the middle and shouts so I think that's that's something that takes a bit longer than maybe to sort of see to see who I am and what I can do I think oh that's a lovely one and what's one thing you wish you'd done sooner oh gosh only what (laughs) (laughs) you could go bad and tell me to if you want (laughs) I think just having confidence to go out and just try things and you know I think asking people if they'll help or reaching out to people and it it's taken me years to think like you know what is the worst that could happen somebody just ignores you or you know that's probably the worst but if you don't ask you're not going to get and I think I wish I'd I wish I'd known that way earlier than my yeah. 42nd year Perfect. of life. <laughs> <laughs> 
And what's the best part? What was the best part about your work? Oh, I love working with founders at this early stage and sharing their passion. You know, none of our clients, it's just a job. This is something that is part of their life and what they really want to achieve. And I just love being part of that and being sharing that energy and sharing that care and helping them to really realize their dreams. And that's, I get so excited having those conversations constantly and be, being able to be part of that. I think it's, it's really amazing that we can do. Fantastic. And tell me about the biggest lesson running your business. Actually, just, I really did think I wanted to be a company of one and that it would just be wonderful. And I'd work by myself and I'd take the summers off and wouldn't that be great? But I actually realized that I, we could do so much more once, once there are people around and having that team. And I, I could, you know, I could actually go on holiday and put my house of office on and the business running claps. And I think that's been my biggest, the biggest lesson really since starting Scale Up. Love it. And what's one piece of leadership advice that you wish you'd known earlier or is so awful you need to warn us? I think it's just building trust quickly and letting and helping your team to achieve it and not just doing the easy route, which is just do it for them because that doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help you with your time. It doesn't help them feel fulfilled or progress. And I think that's probably the biggest learning I had as a manager because I think, I know this is supposed to be quick fire, I think one thing okay. that gets to gets to me is that as especially in the startup world or in business, you learn the skills you need to, to do your job, but you're very rarely given the skills to be a really good manager or a good leader. And that's the only things I've learned really in the last couple of years. I think then it's very different to, you know, you can be the best marketeer in the world, but that doesn't mean that you're the best CMO because you don't know how to really bring on your team and bring out the best in them. Um I wholeheartedly agree with that. And it's such a, a big piece of personal development that I think everybody needs to do is to become the leader, the best possible leader for their teams, because that's how you'll build a fantastic business. So that's great. Now, I did try and warn you, Lucy, that I'm going to want you to blow your own trumpet a little bit. So what would you class as your superpowers? Well, I've spent the last sort of 20 years launching brands and scaling them so I suppose that is my superpower and probably the reason that we start well, it is the reason that I started the scale-up collective was to work get the opportunity to work with brands before they're as they're just setting out when they're still an idea as we're launching them into market and reach helping them to reach their goals yeah and it is all about that how do you help people reach their goals I'm so interested to know like if you had to think about one to two one to three pieces of advice that you could share in terms of how do you get people to, to reach those goals? How do you really get them to move the needle for everyone? I think for us in the way that we work, so probably just a bit of background on what we do is very much based on your understanding your audience and deeply getting to grips with who they are, what they do, what their behavior is, what drives them, what their problems are. And for me, it always comes back to that any brand, if you really deeply understand the nuances of your audience and the jobs you're doing for them, you can, the marketing and the scaling and the sales and everything around that becomes very simple. So that is the single biggest piece of advice. I think the second piece of advice would be around being effective and efficient. So not trying to do everything, but trying to do the 
doing the most important things really well. I think we come into a lot of businesses and, you know, out of enthusiasm and excitement and everything else, there are so many things people are trying and doing. But what that means is that you're spread very thinly. But if you can really focus on what are the core channels that you should be talking to, the core audiences you should be talking to, and the core tactics that are going to get them to listen and understand and buy into your brand is is absolutely genius and you'll start to see the results quickly from that. Oh, I absolutely wholeheartedly agree with that. I mean, this, the shiny object syndrome is something that I think all of us suffer with. Like, oh, that looks exciting. Oh, that could be good. Oh, I'll just go look at that. And you fall down a rabbit hole faster than you know what's happened. And you're suddenly like, where did the last hour go? Looking at that amazing video online. Oh, good God. Oh, my gosh. And I still do that. Like, let's be honest, I definitely can get down that rabbit hole myself and have to pull myself out sometimes. So yes, my team do. But yeah, I really love that point where you made about, you know, focusing on, on, on like your core market, your core audience, your core strength. And I suppose it, what's the work that you do to help your your clients actually get there and to laser focus in on what they should focus on? Because that's one of the big challenges, isn't it? It's all the things you could do. What are the things you should do? Yeah, so we work with we work with startups from really the beginning up until generally around Series A. And what we do for them is we are there as their as their CMO. So we work with them on first of all their audience research. We set out their core marketing strategy, help build their team. We've got recruitment now in house as well, and then work with them as part of that extension of their team really until the point at which they're revenue generating enough and they've reached their goals or they've got series A and they've got the funds and the need to bring that that those skills in-house full time. So it's really a long journey with that we take with our clients. And that's really that joy for us is helping to them to hit those big goals. Amazing. So I think probably for anyone listening today, and if they're wanting to start up a business and they're wanting to get into the funding rounds, is there any advice that you can give in terms of, you know, how to start or what the things they really need to think about? Because there's all of those just a million and one ideas, a million and one thoughts, like where should they focus their energies right at the beginning of that journey? Yeah, I think it's getting out and testing quickly and not thinking you need to spend go away and spend 18 months like building something and putting all your life savings into something before you get there you know really getting to that uh, you know talking to your audience working with them from the very beginning finding people that will help test with you getting out to market getting it into people's hands learning about what's working and what's not constantly listening and learning and understanding where your point in the market can be and where those opportunities are because you know, everything changes, you know, no product starts in this as it does at the beginning. You know, even my business, I started wanting to be a company of one and thinking that I'd go and be a part-time CMO to four businesses one day a week. And, you know, now that's completely changed. It's still the vision, which is support scale challenger brands, but it's the execution is completely different because I've seen actually what, what they need and we've changed in that way. And, you know, even if you look at some of the big brands like Canva, I mean, that started as a photo, as a wet, as a, um, a school a school yearbook tool of how to print those, and it's now an all singing or dancing design platform for millions of people. You know, I think so. It's it's really just starting out quickly and not wasting too much time and too much money before you really understand what's working and what's not. 
Oh, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And I really love that you touched on your own journey there. And I'd love to dig a bit deeper into that. So your vision for the business and a little bit about how you've pivoted along the way. Yeah, I'll say my background's all marketing. I started off agency side for the first 10 years and then <clears throat> went in-house and launched a number of brands like Skype for Mobile, Starling Bank and Yolt, et cetera. And then really what I love is that is working with founders and that beginning part of that blue sky of, you know, we've got this great idea. We know we're solving this problem. How do we get that to market? And so thought I wanted to be a company of one. Like I went on the course, I bought the book and sat out on my own. Obviously at the joys, just as, uh, just as COVID hit, which is, you know, fun in itself. But the, uh, I really started thinking that that's what I wanted to do. And actually started, was really lucky that I, I, I started off with four brilliant clients and, but realized that actually working with them on one day a week wasn't really shifting the needle. We're still fighting fires. What we really needed to do was to have a really clear strategic process first so that we could understand what we're doing and really then look to hit bigger goals and make bigger changes. We started working with them first in the strategy and then worked work with them on, continue to work with them on that sort of part-time CMOing part. That's interesting. So does that change from one hour a week then into into something different did you change the way that you interacted with your clients at that stage when you realized that hour just wasn't moving the needle like you wanted yeah so it was one day a week versus an hour and I think the problem with that is still a day a week is great but you can only do so much so you it's it isn't it isn't enough time to really make those changes and what so what was changed I changed it to was First of all, doing that marketing strategy, that go-to-market strategy with them as a solo piece and then working with them on a long-term, on a monthly basis. And then bringing in, I was really lucky that one of my clients, I was mentoring that of marketing at Coconut. And when I started looking at a team, Ness was, was up for coming to join me on this adventure. And then the next hire was actually really understanding that what we did first was we needed to understand our audience better and really needing, we could do that to a certain point as marketeers, but actually getting somebody that really understood how to pull out those insights and understanding and behaviors. So we brought in Anna, who is our user research manager and has a wealth of experience. It's really developed you know, the basis for everything we do now. And then, yes, we've then built, say, Sam was next. So Sam placed me as a recruiter and he placed me at Starling Bank back in 2017 and then has been the only recruiter I've worked with. So he was the <laughs> ultimate choice for when we wanted to bring that in. And that was because we um, we build the marketing strategy. Then we talk about what team the clients would need and we'd write the job specs. We'd go out to our own We'd, you know, we'd help interview the people, we'd do the tests, we'd then onboard them into the business, but we weren't doing the actual search part. And that was the bit, you know, if you don't have the right talent, you can have the best strategy in the world, but it's not going to do yeah. anything. You need the people to Absolutely. deliver it. So yeah. that's where, so yeah, so that's, that's worked really well. That's been brilliant. And our clients have been super supportive of that. And they've just seen that as a no brainer that, that we would now do that part for them because so that's worked really well and then we've also now brought in specialists with sort of community and con- and content and then also optimization and, and insights as well so just really building out those core skill sets that every startup needs amazing and I, I can't quite get over that my recruiter from x years ago was the person that you're number one and it makes so much sense like why not build a business with the people that have 
helped you along the way. You know, are absolute brilliant superstars at their job and they're going to be a joy to work with, but also a fantastic asset for your business. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's marketing. I think one of the struggles that our clients have had is that marketing is huge and the amount of, you know, you look to hire a marketer and actually the skill sets differ so incredibly. And start at marketing being that first marketer in the place and starting from scratch that anything there is very different than going into a nike or a facebook where all the processes and everything are already set and there are a ton of people to do each part for you so you fit yeah. into that rather than starting where you've got nothing and you've got no tools and you've got to do that so really understanding that is is such an important part to how we can build those teams and that's what we've been able to do with Sam coming on which has been brilliant amazing and when do you find that there's that that shift change because obviously when you're a founder you are doing all the things you are completely firefighting yourself from going down rabbit holes to like trying to do all the things all the time and so you're absolutely right there's that first bit of like setting yourself up with some systems and some processes there's the way of focusing your energy on your strengths and that's a lot of the work I do with my clients but I think it's really interesting when you get to that point where the client moves into okay now it's time to think about my team and do you find that because you're in the startup world where they're accelerating and really fast growth businesses and looking for investment funding do they tend to be a team at the beginning or are they that founder of one who's building their team and and where do you come into that journey yeah so generally they will have already got funding and they'll already be at at a certain stage but whether they're they're less likely to be out in market or if they are, they're just sort of tentatively putting their feet, you know, dipping their toes in. So there is usually a, a semblance of a team, but the but whether that's marketing or whether that's, you know, often often there's one marketer in and that's, you know, being the solo marketer in a startup is an amazing job, but also a really terrifying job as well because there's an awful lot to do. An awful lot of pressure. So yeah, so that's it. Tends to be that we we come in when there's a small team and we help build that marketing team from one or two people or or from scratch. And so, is your role? Am I right in thinking from what you explained that it's about you providing the assistance to sort of really have the skills and the abilities to go to the market with the right strategy? But are you? almost training and developing the individuals in that team or helping them recruit and bring in the right people to do the specific strategy? Or is it your team doing it? And then and, and can it work both ways, I suppose? How, do, how does it work for you? Yeah, 100%. We, I strongly believe that marketing doesn't, marketing needs to, the delivery of marketing needs to be in-house. It's, it isn't something, marketing isn't something you can stick on the end and hope for the best. So what we're really looking to do is help build that function and build build it so so that it's really integrated into all the other teams and that it's what it, the marketing function works really well as products and sales and customer service and every other faction of the company because really it is that part of every touch point of the customer should be the same and it should feel like the same brand and it that's how we get that growth. So if it's only you know, it, if it's only sort of sitting slightly outside of that core team, it will never really fulfill its potential. So very much, we're not trying to be an all-service agency at all. We're trying to set them up for success and build it out so that they can stand on their own two feet and they can and they can meet their goals and deliver it themselves. Ah, that's amazing. That's brilliant. I suppose, what's the biggest challenge 
to business leaders who want to to build better and and actually use services like yours to 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 bring everyone in, integrate them like you said. That was just a brilliant way to just get all those touch points singing from all the same hymn sheet. What's your advice for them to overcome their biggest challenge, whatever you think that is? Oh, so well, there's definitely a few challenges. I think one challenge a lot of founders have, especially if they they don't have marketing experience, is that they get an awful lot of advice. There's everybody has an opinion on what they should do, and that's really really hard when you have decision fatigue because you're also being the head. Of, you know, as a founder, most of them are trying to get funding, and they're the finance people, and they're the HR people, and they're the product lead, and they're everything else. And and they're just being given so many different pieces of advice constantly by all different factions from their investors, from their board, from their friends, from other marketers trying to do their work for them. And I think having, I think the one thing is there's no quick win. Like if somebody tells you all you need to do is X, then that's probably not right. You know, I think the reason that there are so many skills within marketing is that it is about understanding your audience understanding what works for them and that is different every time so you need to have that clear clear understanding of your audience with a clear strategy to really understand what the right thing to do is so getting that groundwork done as early as possible and keeping that up isn't audience understanding your audience isn't something you do once and then you do it you need to do it properly and then keep understanding and keep listening and learning so really going back to that having that groundwork and not feel it and being able to sort of bat away some of that pressure from every well mainly your links and inbox probably <laughs> but that dis- decision fatigue I think will resonate so strongly with our listeners I mean whether you are an entrepreneur and the CEO or you're in a big business and you're just constantly hammered with this is the next big thing this is the route you want to take so just being able to know that you're, you have your roadmap, you have your plan, stick with it, <laughs> keep building better is about that consistency and clarity on actually what does your customer want, what is not the next shiny thing. And I think that's, uh, oh that's really strong. It's just constant, isn't it? I went out for dinner last night with friends and some, and my friend was sat there and went, right, okay, this is what we need to do. These are all the best issues. And I was like, oh my gosh, thank goodness. You can, I've, I'm done with decisions today. I just want you to order for me. Like I can't. I can't find oh, yes. anything else. I, I so resonate with that. I remember, like, we just, we've just, we've just actually firefighted so much through a day that if you get to get home and just for somebody to to tell you this is what we're doing, you're like, oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that has to be one of the best feelings when you work with an expert, when you work with a partner yeah. that just says this is what you need to do and focus on this, but get everything else. The relief that comes with that is absolutely massive. And that leads me so nicely onto my next question, which is what do you think is the common myth about building better that you could dispel today? Oh, this is a really good one. So I think one one of the biggest myths in marketing over the last 10 years has definitely been that you don't need much that all these, all these great brands have been built without any marketing and that, you know, and it's brilliant. And it's something that in my little world of marketers, we get very, very upset about because I think there's a common myth that, you know, if you're not paying for Facebook ads or Google ads, then you're not doing marketing, but everything is marketing, like from 
your brand to talking to your customers and sending them emails and making sure that they are taken through the customer journey to the PR you get and everything in between and building that community, you know, everything, everything is, all of that is marketing. So when it comes out and says, you know, oh, this great brand got to, you know, unicorn status for that any marketing is everybody's everybody's backs go up and we all go well actually that's not true <laughs> you'll see linkedin and tin and slack go on fire at, at every every time but the i think that's it and i think understanding that we can we should really think about brand from word go and really the importance of brand even if you're a b2b or a high ticket b2b really thinking about what is your brand how can it resonate with people what what is that personality of the brand how should people feel about it from from the first stage is really really important and that can develop but you do need to do that work because if you don't you're it will probably come back and you a little bit I love that answer that's so brilliant and so I was trying to think what do you mean they say they've got there without marketing and I think it's just that absolute articulation of what do you think marketing is and so many people like you say they oh well if I haven't invested on my google ad spend then I haven't done any marketing that's advertising for one and for number two what comes before that and and what do they yeah I think we could have a whole discussion about what is marketing and you've articulated it really well that it's everything it's every touch point every bit of communication and it's how that is talked in the in voice in in words in writing it how that comes over has to be completely aligned to that brand that strategy and to the bigger why of that business so I think that's absolutely perfect and and I love that um you know you've obviously got such a huge amount of knowledge it's one of the reasons I want to bring you on the show so this is going to be a tough question for you to answer, I think, but maybe you'll find it easy. But what are some of the most important things you've learned in your career that you could share with us? Oh, from a, from a marketing point of view or from a personal point of view, I suppose. Oh, you've just opened it up to give me both now, Lucy. You're going to have to go and start with marketing. <laughs> um, I, think it, I think it's marketing has changed massively since we started you know 20 years ago it was much more about us saying a message and that resonating whereas now it's about building relationships and how can you take take people on that ride and how can you really think about you know a brand isn't your friend but you should feel for a brand to resonate and for you to stick with a brand you need to feel you have a relationship with them and that is very much how it's how it how it's changed and that is the core of really any development of a brand so that's really changed I think from a tactics point of view it changes constantly which is why marketing is so interesting for me anyway because it's a constant learning of you know the different channels you use the different tools we can use the opportunities to connect the way in which audiences want to connect with you is constantly changing you know even without wanting to go into it but like even AI and chat, the launch of ChatGPT and everything else how that changes and what we need to be learning from that and I think from that sense it's so exciting because you know we do need to keep up with that and we do need to keep thinking and I think that's why I find startups so exciting because my idea of board is doing the same thing over and over again 
And so with every client, it's not about, there's no one size fits all marketing strategy to launch something. It's all, it's all different and it's all about learning and really thinking, getting to grips with, with that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love that you, you picked out there that this shift that's happened that we've seen with marketing from you know, the consistency of message, which has always been a number one, hasn't it? Like just keep, keep pushing your message. That's what it's all about. But actually it's about that relationship. And that message can be consistent if you have the right tone of voice. That message could be consistent if you're sticking to the same promise. That message is consistent if you're still like focused on, I don't know, the core pillars of what your brand is built on in terms of what you believe, what you stand for, why you're here, the bigger purpose, the bigger why. I mean, I could get on my little, what do you call it, little stage and talk about this all day. Soapbox, that's the word I was going for. I could get on a soapbox and go all day. I love this stuff. I have a bit of the bugbear and I, I just want to bounce this off you about brands being your friend because that kind of irritates me, especially in the communities that we're talking about, where they're like, mm. what did you have for your breakfast? I'm like, seriously, you're a business and you're asking me what I have for breakfast or, you know, and I think so many people do it so wrong that, and, and I know that you don't do this, Lucy, but like so many people do it so wrong that it's almost like they took the friend thing too far. And I think it'd be really lovely to hear from you. Like, how do you create that? that feeling of someone as a trusted friend, because that's what a business needs to get to, is that trusted friend. What are the ways in which you would advise other right ways to approach that? Yeah, so we use something called Jobs To Be Done, and that is a framework that really beats into what is somebody looking, what job are you looking to do? What do you need to achieve? And how can you help achieve that? And that is, no, nobody wants to, nobody wants to be friends with a brand. You don't think, Oh, okay, I know what I'm going to do today. I'm going to go on and, you know, be friends with Slack for the day. But I do <laughs> think, oh, okay, I need to quickly ask I need to quickly ask my team a question. I want to share this with this piece of news with them, and let's have a quick conversation that doesn't need a call about this. And you know, they're the jobs that it's doing for me that day. So I think it's really understanding that in the first place helps you to then build around it and to get over this sort of idea that it's about the brand it's not about the brand it's about what you can do for somebody and how you can make their life easier and better brilliant absolutely perfect jobs to be done guys that's just one of my favorite ones as well absolutely brilliant and I'm gonna have to put a link to the video about the milkshake which that all stems from and it's just absolutely the way to build I love it okay so what are and I love this because we started talking about tech. We touched on chat GDPM and we kind of steered away. But I'd love to know on a scale of one to 10, your must have techs that you can't work without. Oh, interesting. So, well, Slack, I think we use, we use with every client. We use with every, I use with different communities that I'm in. We use with our team. It's a very easy way to communicate, especially now, you know, we're remote half the time and together the what well, as notion is our base for everything so it's like our shared notebook of life with our team we have shared workspaces with our clients again on there and do everything from timing plans to to crm basically on there as well i do love linkedin i'm just gonna put it out there i've actually made real life friends on there <laughs> I find it really useful. I find it a great way to re-engage the network that I built up over the last 20 years. I find it a really good way to know what's going on and meet new meet new startups. I use uh, I use Superhuman for my email, which is probably a bit controversial whether you choose to 
pay for it when it's 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 a free it's seen as a free tool but it helps it organizes it in a way that I just need and saves me saves me stress so I absolutely love love that and yeah I'm just trying to think we've got we use so many they're, they're, tools. That's a great one. Those, those are your top top tips. And I think they're brilliant ones to go check out. I'm already like super keen to understand what Superhuman does. That's my next rabbit hole to fall down. Yeah. So tell me, what do you wish you'd known when you started out building the Scale Up Collective? Ooh. The, I think one of my biggest life lessons probably is that the majority, 99.9% of things that happen have absolutely nothing to do with you. And, you know, why that person didn't answer an email, there's probably a thousand and one different reasons. The least likely of them is probably that they don't like you and that they didn't think you, you know, and I think, and it's not an arrogance thing. I think it's more of that I ever thought that the world revolved around me, but I think it's more of a lack of confidence that people might take me seriously. And just having that knowledge is probably, yeah, more of a life lesson than a business lesson, but definitely a useful one. Amazing. Amazing. And so I'd love to know as well, just in terms of maybe some of the stimulus you have to sort of build better and create your business and the inspiration you go to, if you could tell me about a few books perhaps you've read recently that maybe you're recommending to others to build better. And if you could add a bonus of a key takeaway, that would be really great. Oh, yes. Shy. Oh, I love a good business book. I, I tend to listen to business books and then if I really like them, then I'll buy them in heart. In sort of. And then, physical, oh, form. Yeah. physical form <laughs> yeah. and then <laughs> scribble over them and write over them brilliant a few of them never split the difference by chris voss is a brilliant one if for how to negotiate your way through life the late night dj voice i've actually used with my children and works quite well but the he is i'm oh, sorry the late night dj voice i've lost that sounds awesome i do not understand what it's about He's like an FBI negotiator. But, okay. And so he talks about this sort of low, calm voice that you use, which is his late night DJ voice. But it's brilliant, just really useful tips on how to negotiate, how to hold up your side of what you need and understand that. And it's been really useful as I'm building the business, but also again, you know, actually you spend your life like negotiating. And, you know, I've got four and eight year old. I, it's a constant negotiation. So I, I love that. It's really good. I really recommend it. And also just because he has all his stories of his, all his hostage stories and everything else that he's gone through as well is makes it a really interesting book. The Direct-to-Consumer Handbook by Mike Stevens has been brilliant. It's, it's a book of different case studies of the, of the direct-to-consumer brands that you'll know and what were the key things that helped them to scale with interviews and points from their founders as well. So really love that. Definitely one that we've all read as a team and actually Mike Stevens is now working with us as an advisor. So absolutely brilliant because of our love of his book. Um, And then that's amazing. Can I hold you on that? What was your big takeaway from Mike Stevens? Apart from the fact that you went, come into my business. Bloody love that. (laughs) Uh, Just the knowledge of how to launch of how to launch brands. He was the founder of Pepper Smiths. He was one of the first in it. Innocent, he's launched a lot of direct-to-consumer brands and just that knowledge of experience of what works, what doesn't, what's important to prioritise is incredible. So I've got to ask, 
how did you how did you approach the author of a book to say come and work with me this has got to be a great story like how did you go from I've read this I love this I need him so we well hopefully I go to we I put a post out on LinkedIn actually about a couple of months ago with my favorite books and one of them was his book because it was our favorite book and and we got chatting on DMs and then had a call and I was you know just put myself out there and said you know would love to think about how you could help us as an advisor and thankfully that's that's been you know there's ways in which we can work together and and so that's worked really well and then that's one a more brilliant that, story please yeah and then, please tell oh I've got one more that I do want to that Emma Maslin who is an incredible force to be reckoned with is just launching her book on the personal board of you and that's something that she's been talking it's a topic that she's been talking about from for years and I've definitely taken on and one of the reasons that I've gone out and asked people to be advisors is this this need for the personal board around you as you're growing your business that it, that you need from a personal point of view as well as from a business point of view and how and that's been really useful for me as well as as we've been growing but that's just yeah. literally just launching as an actual book Oh, wow. season, so we can be hot off the press with that one that's amazing yeah but Lucy wow what what a collection and I love that story that came out as well and if there was one thing that you're really excited about now what what is it what can you share with us I think the opportunities that you know the skills that we now have in-house and the opportunities we can now offer is really exciting, you know, particularly this sort of power behind the audience research that we can now offer to startups who otherwise wouldn't be able to either afford that level or feel they could get to it. I think now we're giving them that impetus and that sort of mic drop moment where they can really understand and can see not just what's going to happen with their marketing plan, but what's going to happen, what, what the opportunities are with their product and with their business and everything else in between. And so that's what get I get really excited about is seeing the skills and in the team. Love it. And what is one music track that lights you up and makes you feel you can take on the day? Ooh, okay, this changes quite a lot. At the moment, I'm definitely back into the XX and Angels is a great one to start the day. What's XX? I don't know what that is. Only XX, they're a band. I'll send you a link. <laughs> send me a link. I need to hear that. I've not heard them. Okay. And I think I'm just going to throw you one curveball question just to finish up. And that's to ask you, if there was one question I should have asked you that I didn't get to ask, what would that question be? Oh, you've got some good questions. <laughs> Put it in other ways. There's something you'd like to share that I didn't get. There's something I'd like to share. I'd like to share that you can follow my newsletter and that you'll get amazing marketing tips on a day-to-day basis perfect I'm gonna put I'm gonna top that with what's your strategy for your newsletter we so we have a a newsletter on LinkedIn every week that goes out as well as other daily content and that leads to lots of hopefully helpful tools and tips and case studies that startups use to help inspire their marketing perfect and 
actually, I, I actually featured with Lucy on one of her recent series about building better teams and high performing teams. And it was just a thrill to be on there. And the, the nuggets that her team pulled together to share with you is a really quick fire digestible piece. If you haven't managed to tune in to the wonderful 30 minutes of seeing our beautiful faces, then I mean, they are just so you're, you're over your coffee. You've got some really great insights to help build or scale your business. So make sure you sign up for Lucy's newsletter. It is well worth the read. Lucy, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been an absolute thrill to have you. Just as a final sign off, just tell people where they can connect with you. And what's the best way to get in touch with you? LinkedIn is probably the best one. So just you'll find me if you search Lucy Wolfenden and the Scale Up Collective. So yeah, drop me a line and a DM and yeah, let's connect. It'd be wonderful to hear from you. Brilliant. Lucy, thank you again so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I had a wonderful time. Thank you. Remember, there is no secret. You can go out there, you can chase your dreams with the knowledge you can do anything you set your mind to because anything is possible. Stay curious and enjoy every minute of the journey and I'll see you very soon. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.